Welcome to the Pinch to Zoom podcast. Gabe is posting to TikTok. Yeah, just just give me a second, then we can get into this. All right. All right. We'll give you a All second. Right. Our viewers, just hold on there. Our listeners. Yeah, listeners, oh. you're not viewing this. No video format yet. No. Because we're using potato quality cameras built into our laptops. Wait, yours is potato quality? I wish mine was potato quality. Oh, are you still at asparagus quality? Yeah, I'm about asparagus quality, honestly, oh. right now. Oh, Gabe. Oh, no, man. Well, let's just get into it. Uh, we got a lot of news to cover. Oh, we do. We have so much news. I didn't even do like a proper, like, what are we even doing this episode? I know. Well, there's not really a proper, what are we doing this episode? Because it's really just a recap and looking back through the last 30 days, I guess. Well, not the full 30 days of Techtember and Techtober. It's really tech- like the last two weeks, right? Yeah, the last two weeks of Techtober, really. And all the releases and all the news that has come out as, you know, the tech companies gear up for now. We're really in the holiday season, I guess. Can you feel it? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're we're basically on the runway ready for takeoff for Black Friday. That's basically what we're doing right now. Yeah, I've actually already seen, I think, Kohl's dropped their, like, this is what we're having on sale. And there's actually an app out there, I think, called Black Friday something. I don't know. Just search it in the App Store. They do a pretty good job of collecting all the flyers and stuff like that from the companies and you know so you can start seeing oh you know this company has their black friday deals out this one and then you can start already making it like a plans of who do i have to go to physically or online to get the stuff i want to buy for either gifts or uh for yourself because you got to treat yourself yeah, upgrades upgrades to your setup your your studio your life uh what have you um did you say to yet- your to your life yeah you know i don't know upgrade your setup upgrade your workflow okay well buy that thing you've always been wanting let me know where I can upgrade my life because I am in desperate need of that. <laughs> desperate help. need for those. I am running sure. a, a beta version right now. I don't know, Gabe. It seemed like you had a pretty exciting past uh, past few weeks. Where were you, and and what were you doing? Yeah, well, we did actually take a little bit of time off, and I mean, I was personally not in my normal environment. I was out in Oregon. Uh, I will say that it's for completely for work, and I was just doing it just to you know try out the new GoPro camera and test the Nikon mirrorless camera that I was renting. But uh, it was also for just fun and seeing some friends. But hey, you know, any excuse to get out into a new environment with a new camera is like, that's a great recipe for creativity and a great recipe to create some cool content. And it's always spices up. If I have to create a camera test, it spices up just, you know, going around to the same old spots or, you know, whatever. If I can go to a new place. A new environment you get those creative juices flowing you get new yep. ideas exactly um, yeah so we actually had a few camera announcements and and some news around that you want to just start there go right into the cameras all right yeah well first off we have the sigma fp right you remember this that is, camera this is sigma's first full frame camera their mirrorless camera i think uh, it's now yeah, it's their first real mirrorless like professional camera that they're putting out and uh, it's finally available. Yeah, finally available for pre-order. I think it's shipping. Uh, actually, I think it's actually shipping now. We've had it available yeah, for yeah, pre-order. Yeah, I think you can, you can buy this. Like this but is. It, yeah, it started shipping, uh, I think it was October 26th. So we're definitely a few days into that, a week into that or so. There'll probably definitely be reviews online already. I imagine there were also before, but now you actually have it getting into the hands of people who aren't getting sent it specifically from sigma so it's you know a little more reliable a little less biased sometimes a little less glamorous reviews and you can get the down and dirty of how this camera actually performs right and and this is actually a really unique camera uh because it does have that cine or yeah cine still switch to switch between video and photo mode Uh, it has a dedicated color and tone button for making in-camera adjustments uh there's no in-body image stabilization but uh, it's a really small camera that's perfect for mounting on gimbals, uh, potentially even mounting it on a drone if you get a Matrice or something like that. Uh, it shoots raw cinema DNG files. This is a really powerful camera uh, coming in at just $1,900 uh, for the body only. So I'm, I'm genuinely excited to see how uh, reviewers perceive this camera, what their thoughts are. I really like how the software is looking and I think it is packing some really unique features uh, that can make this a compelling option for people looking for a great full-frame camera. Um, and uh, there's there's one camera, Gabe. Uh, there's one camera I feel like we're waiting to see released, but isn't out yet. Do you know? 
What was that? Hmm, I'm I'm silently fuming over here. It doesn't <laughs> translate well in audio, but that is I my should I shouldn't have brought state. it up. Let's not let's not go there. The you know the A7S3 is still missing. Uh, there's you know there's there's those posters up. It's on the back sides of milk cans and canisters or whatever cartons. Have you seen this camera? Uh, because Sony has made nigh a mention of it. So let's move on to some more positive news, I guess. Uh, this you know the Sigma FP honestly is something I've definitely been considering as a replacement. But, you know, I, I don't think that's a very reliable one yet. Uh, we'll have to see what reviews come in and also if they release any updates for, like, 12-bit RAW, stuff like that. But something that is a reliable camera maker is Canon. Yeah, and they, they, they make just some great cameras. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can say that again. Say it again. They make some great cameras. All right, good. Now we've said it twice. And speaking of great cameras, they went above and beyond. It looks like they're making their greatest camera their flagship camera, the 1DX, and they just took the uh, wraps off kind of the Mark III, which will be coming out next year. Right. Uh, this is, so yeah, as Gabe mentioned, the, the flagship camera. Gabe, what, like, what are some of the flagship specs we are looking to see from the 1DX Mark III? What's going to make this the top-of-the-line option from Canon? Well, I mean... One thing is the fact the price tag. That's the biggest feature, obviously. That's right? that's a feature. What so what's what's this gonna cost? Um, I think it's gonna come in at over five thousand. I'm trying to find it hasn't been released yet, so it's really hard to say. But yeah, this is gonna be an expensive camera, not for the you know, the 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 faint of heart for sure. Right, right. I mean I, I have some notes here. It looks like the one DX Mark II is currently going for five thousand nine hundred ninety nine dollars new. I would expect something similar for the Mark III when it's released. Uh, and in my opinion the killer new features are autofocus. It's got 28 uh, times more resolution in the sensor when shooting through the viewfinder. It's got live view uh, with dual focus, dual pixel autofocus, excuse me, 90% coverage horizontally, 100% coverage vertically. It'll shoot 422 10-bit, shoot 4K 60 frames per second. Yeah, um, hold on, hold on. Let's just, let's just pause right there, okay? Uh, yes, 10-bit 422. 4K 60, and that's internal RAW. Yeah. Um, Sony, I don't know if you listen to our podcast. I'm assuming you don't, but even if there's a 0.001% chance, I'm going to take it to just say hello, Sony. Uh, pay attention right there to those previous 30 seconds of audio. Replay them a couple times. Make sure that when you do release that A7S 3 you know, there's a similar uh, specs in that. Anyways... Uh but forget the price tag. We didn't talk about that. Yeah, no. Forget that price tag. Forget all the other stuff and put in your Sony goodness. Anyways, yeah. That that's. I mean, and then you get the 16 frames per second burst shooting mode, 20 frames per second burst through live view, uh, twin CF card slots, and improved battery life. Gabe, like you mentioned, this is Canon's flagship camera. They're releasing it just in time for the Summer Olympic Games in Tokyo. Uh, 2020 and really we're going to see pro photographers putting this camera through its paces it may be a few months off in terms of actual release but canon is already starting to hype this up and i think it's going to deliver for for canon fans and for people in the canon ecosystem yeah i mean one thing here's a couple things i'll highlight one thing backlit buttons that's Wait, something really yes backlit buttons we haven't seen that really before ever i don't think i've ever seen that but it makes sense because a lot of times i'm shooting in environments where it's dark out it's you know i can't really see my camera and i mean usually once you use a camera enough you kind of know it by feel i'm sure you can test like test to this that you can pretty much your camera you can just hit all right i know where this is know where this is but right it's always helpful to have as long as it doesn't decrease battery life too much Sure. Uh, something I've loved with Canon cameras has been the touch screen. So you don't even need backlit yep. buttons. You can just see the screen and touch that. But True. that's really that's really cool to see. Uh, the other two things uh, that I was going to point out. One, this is Canon's first camera that's actually going to be using AGIF uh, for an image codec. What is AGIF? Oh, good. It's Friday? Oh, wait. No, H-E-I-F. 
H-E-I-F. Oh, so it's a high-efficiency video codec. Exactly. Or, or, or the image photo image codec. Image Better format, than JPEG. I think. Yeah, basically, this is what you're seeing. Uh, iPhones actually shoot most of their photos on unless you turn it off. And one actually interesting thing, I don't know if you sent this to me or someone else did. I think I, think I sent this to you. Go ahead. Yeah, that Google Photos, um, if you use them to back up your, your photos already, great, you're, you're ahead of the game. If you don't, definitely get on it. It's free image backup. And up till now, usually you, the one thing you've had to worry about is, oh, you know, uh, if I upload my images, it's not going to be at the best quality. If I'm not paying for it, you know, they're going to decrease the quality. However, because of the efficiency of the HEIF image format, if you're an iPhone user uploading your stuff to Google Photos, it actually doesn't decrease the quality because they're so efficient. It comes in under Google's like, I guess, threshold for how big a file has to be before they decrease the quality. Right. JPEG images uh, can be compressed more, but HEIF is so efficient that Google Photos has actually been storing the original quality photos if you're an iPhone user, which has been really cool. Of course, now that the news is out that original quality iPhone pictures are being backed up, but no original quality Pixel 4 pictures are being backed up, Google's got to, they got to do something to rectify that. Yeah, so that probably won't be available for long, but still, that's a that's a cool thing that this new Canon camera is making use of that. What has really up till now been a primarily mobile format because with mobile, you're like, we need the, you know, we need more efficient because we, you know, space is usually a top priority with, uh, you know, cameras, uh, photographers don't really care. They're like, whatever, if it's, if it's not the most efficient format, I don't care. I'll just buy an extra hard drive or two. Sure. And I see Canon had another camera that was released. Um, what was going on there? Hold on, one more thing. Sorry, you're you're jumping ahead. Okay, I mean the I last wasn't sure. thing, which is kind of cool, is they have an autofocus on trackpad. That uh, this is just some hints and rumors, but basically it's up uh, up until now. You know, they have usually had like a joystick on these professional cameras. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a little nipple almost. Yeah, exactly. But now it's basically like a trackpad, like you'd have on like a Mac. This so little, you can swipe around. Kind of that's I think that's essentially what it is. This isn't from Canon, so you know, take it with a grain of salt. But yeah, this could be a very interesting thing that they're you know, while they're just improving specs, a lot of times on flagship cameras, they're also introducing some new innovative things. Well, I can't wait to see it. Uh, will I be getting it? No, with that no. six thousand dollars. This is the camera that you will be getting though, right? This next Canon camera. Oh yeah, I've pre-ordered this bad boy. Yeah. So this is the Canon. It's, the name actually honestly hurts me. The Canon Ivy Rec Mini. That, yes, that's the name of it. And the basically best way to describe this is a carabiner that you like would clip on your backpack or something like that uh, in super bright colors of blue, neon green, and neon or fluorescent pink. And yeah, it's... How much is this exactly? A hundred and... $29. It records 1080p, 60 frames a second, and 13 megapixel images. Waterproof to six feet, uh, shockproof from six foot. And that's about it that we need to say, right? I, I think that covers everything. To me, this is a questionable release. I think, to be honest, Canon just had been working on this. Um, and then we had, uh, what was that camera? The 360 camera that just came out from that company. GoPro? Not not GoPro is the other the other camera company. It was like Snapchat, but but different. It like clipped to your chest and I am drawing a blank, which is weird because I usually You're the camera camera god. Um clipped to your chest like Snapchat. Yeah, yeah, like you wore like a necklace and then you would match. Oh yeah, it's not a three sixty camera. It's by Insta three sixty, but it's the Go uh it's a three sixty Go tiny 20 gram stabilized uh smartphone or there it is action cam whatever it is i just jumbled a bunch of words together insta 360 go they just came out with a a very portable camera i think canon had this ivy rec outdoor camera in the works and they just needed to throw it out there um i don't think anyone should buy this or will buy this it's already got 2.4 stars on canon's website so yeah it's it's a pretty it seems pretty horribly specced i mean only 1080p 60 frames a second is pretty bad 13 megapixel images i guess is fine we'll see what the quality would be it's obviously geared towards kids you know 
just you hey give them a you know this camera they can always have with them that you can clip to your backpack yeah basically that's that's i think that's the whole um that's it doesn't even have a viewfinder yeah no viewfinder it's but you remember gopros didn't have a viewfinder for the longest time too so yeah but that was years ago the insta 360 go also doesn't have a viewfinder get out of your this little world you're in where you think everything needs to have a viewfinder stetson come on okay gabe okay well something that does have a viewfinder moving on is the new nikon camera do you have yeah. any idea where this is going? What type of camera you think they're releasing? Well, they're releasing a Z50 type of camera. That's yeah. all I know about it. I know. You're very f- uh, familiar with their naming schema, so that would mean it's a... No, it's okay. a mirrorless camera. Well, okay, you got the mirrorless camera. Yeah, this is actually their first DX sensor mirrorless camera, or for those who aren't fluent in Nikon terminology, APS-C mirrorless camera. Oh, so, why so. didn't they just say that? Uh, because they're Nikon and they're obviously better than you at anything imaging and photography related. So I guess please. so. I guess so. Uh, so yeah, what basically, makes, what's, basically what's Nikon calls their uh, sensors FX and DX. That's a little quick thing. FX full frame, DX is the crop sensor. So and so this is this is a new because this is a Z. This is a well. This is a DX. Oh, yeah. Z okay. is just what they've put in front of all their mirrorless cameras. Oh. This is Stetson. You'll have to come take my course on understanding Nikon's naming schema. Uh, they're yeah, honestly, I'll sign up for your online course. Yeah, they're honestly almost as bad as Sony when it comes to naming products. They pretty much like they don't do Mark IIs or anything like that. They just add ten, or sometimes they add fifty to it, or sometimes they uh, subtract from it. Yeah, it's it's pretty horrible. I mean, is this a good camera? Should people be aware of it? I think this is, uh, I mean, well, obviously I've included it because I think people should be aware of it. And it's not like the previous camera because people should stay away from it. It's actually a pretty decent camera. It starts for $899. So I guess let's just call it what it is and say that's $900. Uh, well, actually 856 right now listed on B&H, so a little cheaper. Uh, or you can get it with a 16 to 55 or 50 millimeter lens for 996 so right under 1000 and yeah, this looks pretty enticing. It has a 20 megapixel sensor. Uh, it can record 4K and full HD at 120 frames a second. It has a touch screen that tilts 180 degrees, which you love, I know. And it has 11 frames per second shooting, 209 point autofocus, and of course, Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, all the regular that you'd expect. That sounds actually quite great. Uh, competing very well with the Canon 90D, offering a, a great selection of features. Wow, I'm impressed. That well, I'd say this is competing more with what their EOS um, M6 Mark II. Isn't like, that what it is? Maybe, and or maybe the the M50. Yeah, or the M50 because it is a mirrorless camera. So remember the, where the 90D is great for video. Obviously, it's a you know everyone loves that camera. It's still pretty chunky uh, in today's world of mirrorless cameras. And the Z50 is a mirrorless camera, very light. I actually recently, like I said earlier, tried out. The Nikon uh, Z6 mirrorless camera, when I was in Oregon, they have this great rental like test drive program they're doing through local camera stores. So I was able to rent that camera, you know, a Ninja V recorder, a gimbal, and a Rode microphone, all for 150 bucks for a week, which is a very good deal. Because if you go to a regular rental shop and try to rent the Z6, you're going to probably pay 150 bucks just for like two to three days. Wow, that's a great deal. That's a yeah. great deal. How did so, you like... I- how did you like Nikon? I was yeah, I I really honestly was pretty happy with it. There's a big difference between, you know, any cameras like I'm using Sony now, so it's going from Sony to Nikon. The biggest difference is obviously going to be the UI and menu system and that takes a bit to get over and get used to it. But, you know, even in that week I was already seeing there was a lot of helpful features that that camera had. Notably the touchscreen, I really liked the way that uh, Nikon had designed their user interface to work with the touchscreen. I know the A7 III that you have, that has a touchscreen, right? Well, you can touch the screen, but you can yeah, only what, use it to select exactly. your focus point. Right, that's what I was going to say, which is, seems really dumb. Uh, however, with the Nikons, you can like scroll through the menus, you can swipe through images, you can zoom in and out of images, and really use it just like a touchscreen that you'd have on your smartphone. So, As it should be. You yeah, know, Sony, Sony, what are you doing? Another camera that is basically all touchscreen, if you think about it, is 
uh, the flying camera that we saw released, right? Wow. That is a horror. No, I'm sorry. You're you're not pivoting that way. We're gonna go to the Google Pixel Four. What? That's the one. That's all touchscreen, pretty much. That's that's where you want to pivot this. That's where I want to pivot this. You're not gonna pivot this to the Mavic Mini. This is okay. going because which is more of an all touchscreen camera? Well, you control you the Mavic Mini give, with well, your here Pixel comes, Four. Here comes the the golden shopping cart towards me. Yep. Okay. All right. All right. Fine. I'll Good. let you talk about this though, because this is your territory. You actually received a Google Pixel Four. Yeah. Google sent me a Pixel Four XL. I've been testing it out for the past couple of weeks. I do have some thoughts on it. It's first of all, I've really okay. Liked well, it. we don't want to hear those. No, just kidding. Uh, Gabe, that's the whole point of this podcast. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Give sorry. me back the shopping cart. All right. Um, I think some highlights. There was a lot of outrage on Reddit because of these small batteries in the Pixel Four. I can't really comment on that because, to be honest, it's it's spent uh, a little bit more time just sitting idle on my desk. Um, as I'm primarily You're not using it as a daily driver. I'm not. I've been using it, taking it with me for the the cameras, and that's the big thing. I love the cameras. I love the telephoto lens. Great image quality. Amazing night sight and astrophotography. I love the 90 hertz smooth motion display. I think that needs to come to iPhone ASAP. Uh, for me, fast charging has been a huge plus uh, because juicing up quickly has been more important to me than wirelessly charging. But of course, Pixel 4 has both. Um, it's got that super fast face unlock. That has been incredible. I'm just jumping yeah. straight to my home screen. You notice amazing. It, it's definitely faster than Apple. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, what, what makes it especially fast is it will see your face unlock and bring you to your home screen whereas on iphone you look at it and the little lock icon unlocks and there's no real sense of speed mm. like okay like you look at this and boom something happens it's instant on iphone it, it i don't know it just feels slower um so i i really enjoyed it but it maybe yeah, i guess you secure. still have to swipe up you don't have to swipe up on no Pixel swiping 4. no you just i just hmm. tap it it sees my face and i'm looking at my home screen it's super fast wow. Um, well, and of one course, thing I was going to ask is the big thing that people were freaking out about was the lack of an ultra wide camera. Couldn't care less. Not not yeah, my right. thing. Okay, because I'm yeah I'm I'm also in a camp that I was like this seems a little bit overblown, but it seems like not putting the ultra wide camera in, they added so much extra with the other cameras that it kind of makes up for it. I would I would agree with that. I think Google has really strong image processing software. The photos I've been taking on Pixel 4, in my opinion, have looked great. And I've really enjoyed sharing them on social media. And of course, no one can forget the Google Assistant. Uh, it's just miles better than Siri and anything else out there. So I think it's honestly Pixel 4 at the end of the day is the iPhone of the Android world. It provides a really great overall experience but it's not going to be the best at everything like the best spec or anything. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. you're definitely missing out on specs, notably 4K 60 video recording or even 4K 24 video recording for that matter. Um you're That's not pretty getting, crazy honestly. Yeah. Uh, you're not getting a headphone jack. You're not getting the underneath the screen fingerprint reader uh, that's been pretty popular with other flagships, but I think it is a pretty good package overall. And uh, if you're an iPhone user or someone considering switching to Android, this could be a, a really great place to start. Yeah, that I mean, and you have the XL or the regular Pixel? I got I was gifted the XL. So, OK, and you would not have gone for that or you would have. I like smaller sized phones, so I would have personally gone with the regular. Uh, however, the extra battery has proved to be pretty great. Oh, nice. Well, if you do decide to end up sticking with that Pixel, possibly you could be getting a new smartwatch for it, right? Because you have the Apple Watch, but yeah. it doesn't really work with Android. It doesn't work with Android. I've been missing out on a lot of my health data. So yeah, yeah I've been in the market. Gabe, have you seen any good smartwatches that I should be paying attention to? I mean, Samsung's, you know, their, uh, what is it? The Samsung Active S2, you know, that looks pretty nice. The regular Samsung all looks, you know, nice smartwatches there. But the one I've always liked from the beginning is the Moto 360 because it stood out as being really the only round smartwatch on the market. Yeah, the Moto 360 is gorgeous. It did have that flat tire design in the beginning, uh, but I was just looking at these and that seems to be gone, right, Gabe? 
Yeah, this is the third generation, or is it the third generation? I'm not really sure. I lost track. Yeah, third generation. <laughs> okay, yeah. Android I, Wear kind of took a dive. Yeah, it kind of falls off a cliff, comes back on. You're like, which generation is this still here? Uh, but this is the third generation. Uh, a lot of the same functionality, but you're going to get double the storage space to eight gigabytes, which you're not usually putting much on your smartwatch anyways. And then you're going to get uh, your RAM up to one gigabyte. So a lot faster Qualcomm Snapdragon uh, where 310 or 3100 processor. Um, and then, yeah, you get a 1.2 inch circular AMOLED display. Which I, I think, yeah, this is looking like a really great watch. So maybe I will pick this up for my uh, Pixel 4. And I know we actually just saw something interesting develop in the smartwatch world as well. Yes. Well, not really a smartwatch world. And hold on. That's just want to mention price 350. Uh, so 350 the for the 360. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, not not too great. Okay. But I'll stop. What we now. did see in the smartwatch world is something that pertains to me. I'm a Fitbit owner and I like my Fitbit. And yes. it, it looks like we just saw the death of another independent company. This is true. This is true. Gabe, what happened? What happened to your beloved Fitbit? Uh, my beloved little Fitbit was out on the field. They were galloping in the meadows, and then they got devoured by the hive of Google, the hive mind monopoly behemoth. Uh, I was actually doing some math. Uh, Google, since 2009, so basically 10 years ago, has acquired something around 177 companies. Wow, that's a, that's a lot of companies. Yeah, so 10 years, that's basically, what, 17 Point seven a year, basically eighteen a year, um, and those include you know the likes of Waze, Songza, Motorola, a portion of HTC. Like these are huge companies. I forgot but, about a lot of those. I saw your yeah, tweet right? about this, and that was it. Just it, it just surprising. starts like you just start like forgetting about that. Like Google is buying, and they also bought Nest. Sorry, Nest right. cams huge as well. That was that was a big thing. That was about a year and a half, two years ago. So yeah, there it's getting out of control. Uh, so I hope, I don't know, it'll be interesting to see what happens here with this uh, acquisition. They're buying them for $2.1 billion uh, as of, I think, January or February of 2020. And it'll be interesting to see, yeah, do they incorporate it in, you know, making a Google smartwatch, which has been arguably uh, barely existent to, you know, why does this even exist type thing? And then also, what do they do? Do they keep them as an independent company or, yeah. I think Android has really, they could really use some more love for their wearables. Apple has basically taken over the wearable market. I mean, honestly, I think Fitbit has been more popular than some of the Android Wear devices. Oh, so. I, I, I would definitely, yeah. Fitbit is, and I th I would argue, I know you're an app, a loyal Apple Watch fanboy, but Fitbit still, I think, has some of the best health tracking data uh, tools out on the market and they really present a good opportunity i think to google to you know fight back against apple which is why they bought them right absolutely and apple has been in my opinion doing a great job with apple watch and apple health um, helping people with a, a variety of things so i'm really interested to see where this partnership and acquisition goes and i'm honestly excited to see the new products that come out because fitbit as a company, I'm unsure if they were doing really well. Their stock price wasn't doing the greatest, uh, but their products have been pretty good. So I have high hopes for the future. We'll have to see. We'll wait and see. Moving on to Apple, which we've just uh, taken our time to mention like 20 times with their Apple Watch. No new Apple Watch news and also no new October event. So that's a bit bit of a letdown for you. I know there's a is there a Mac Pro that you were waiting on some specs for? Gabe, or something yeah, this like is that? this is to me the A7 S3 to you. Like yeah. Oh man, I'm just waiting for this to come out hey, more details. I'm sorry, I got it. Got to got to fight back. You you you've got the digging <laughs> earlier with the A7 S3. But let's move on to some stuff that they actually did kind of like sneakily announce. Uh, the first was their AirPods Pro. Yeah, this is this is uh, kind of exciting for Apple users and honestly anyone because the AirPods have been a very popular, completely oh, wireless headset. So, so popular. They've just exploded across college campuses. You see people on the subways wearing them, uh, and these are the new Pros. So, uh, okay, what's like what's new with the Pros? Why would people uh, care about these? Uh, first thing that's new, 
uh, which is big with an Apple device, is of course the increased price tag. That means that people will definitely know that you have a higher status symbol uh, when you're wearing them. And the fact that they look significantly, well, just significantly enough different than the regular AirPods means that people can definitely recognize, oh, wow, this person, this person's willing to pay $250 for, you know, their wireless headphones versus this other person that only pays, you know, $180. Right. So. And, and that new style is actually Apple going to an in-ear style for their headphones. So these are in-ear headphones. They have yep. active noise cancellation, a four and a half hour battery life for four and a half hours of listening, 24 hours with the included uh, wireless charging case. And they now have pressure sensitive stems where you can press to play, pause or answer a phone call. You can press twice to skip forward, three times to go backward and press and hold to switch between active noise cancellation and transparency mode. Yeah, transparency mode, I think is basically where it allows, you know, the sounds from your surroundings in. So, you know, if you're in the city or if you're like, oh, hold on, are they announcing the subways arriving or my flight? Boom, you just hit that, allow some sounds in, allow to hear. Okay, that's what, all right, and then back to your music. Right, you're you're getting uh, your coffee order in with the barista. You can talk with her and then get that, get that order placed and then immerse yourself again in your music. Uh, what's great, why people love AirPods is they've been great for working out. So these are now IP4 certified, which is sweat and water resistant. Um, and they also have air vents, which will hopefully prevent that plugged ear feeling. And I, oh, you know, that's a shame. I love that plug. <laughs> you love that. That wow, my ears just feel plugged up right now. Yeah, when listening to music. So, yeah, these are. I think um, I want. I wish I had the soundbite of me saying it, but I'm pretty sure last February or January on a podcast, I was saying, you know, I think the future of true wireless earphones and earbuds is that we're going to be always wearing them 24/7. That's what these companies want. You know, we'll have easy access to the assistant, which is stuff we're starting to see with like the Amazon uh, Echo Buds and also the, what is it, the Microsoft Surface Buds, I think they are. And I think mean, these also have the Siri support. So same thing there. And now it's the thing where it has that transparency mode. So you can literally be wearing these all the time and then uh, just tap to let sound in. Eventually, I think they'll be intelligent. And it will just automatically be able to let sound in when it knows you need to hear it and then cancel it out when you don't. Wow. So yeah, this is this is the future of, you know, further isolating us from each other. So you can literally be walking down the street next to other people uh, talking and you're not talking to them. You're talking to your friend who just happens to be like a couple blocks over across the city. That is amazing. What a wild future you are imagining. Sounds fun. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, but we did it. For, you're not a fan of earbuds. We actually got some more headphones from well not really apple i guess technically they're from beats but these were developed and they're the first real beats headphones that were developed and supervised uh, exclusively under apple so they kind of have a bit of an apple touch to them right and i think the biggest apple touch here is just in the name these are the beats solo pros okay i'm i'm enough of people calling things pros and whatever else they want to call right them. i mean airpods pro iphone this has pro. been the year the year of pro for apple apple it? is pro yeah they really are wow that that's you know hold on maybe i should just only buy apple products and spend double the money of everything and not be uh you know discerning buyer at all right now you'll be gabe pro yeah yeah because i because uh, you know you're a pro based on what you buy not on your actual skill level exactly fine see go. someone gets it all right. Yeah. So What's, what, what is what is new with these with these headphones? What is though? new with these? I was going to ask you, but now I'm going to pretend like I was going to say what is new. What is new with these is that they are now noise canceling, which is the first time you're actually getting these on the solo uh, wireless headphones, which just to if people aren't familiar with the Beats headphone lineup, basically you have the Studios, which are their over ear headphones, which are you know, very popular, very nice, still expensive and very plasticky. I think like three ninety nine. Yeah, well, three forty nine, I think. Uh, but you can check them; they're always on sale. And then you also now have the solos, which used to be, you know, the very cheap plasticky as well ones um, that are on ear. So imagine like over ear; they cup your ear. On ear actually sits on top of your ear, and they're slightly smaller ear cups. And you know, the drivers in the headphones. Uh, but now these actually have some aluminum built into them and they're noise canceling. So 
I think they do actually. I know I was just you know going against Apple about using the Pro moniker, but these kind of do uh, deserve the proness. I I think pro is the wrong word, but it they okay. definitely got some nice upgrades. So like they should just be maybe like the Beats Solo plus what? plus maybe minus for the for the noise cancellation. Just minus oh, you just ooh, minus out be, all the that would be clever. I like that right because it's kind of like people would think what and then have to look read a little deeper and be like oh okay I get it. So yeah, yeah. we need a right to Apple, <laughs> but yeah. So anyways, like I said, noise canceling. Uh, people generally have actually been having some really positive reviews of them, so check those out. They look good, which is, honestly, with a headphone, that's basically all you care about, right? Yep. Yeah, only looks. Don't care about sound. I might as well like be wearing cardboard, right? That's what yeah. I want. And they come in at $300, which is definitely a bit expensive. That is expensive. When you're considering that uh, you got the Bose headphone 700 Right? I did, yeah. Those were Which, these were four hundred bucks, though. Yeah, but so, those are over-ear headphones. Yeah, I guess for a hundred dollars more, you're getting a whole lot more. Yes, because what the key difference. I know, looking at over-ear and on-ear headphones, they look very similar. But like I said, it's the bigger drivers you get in the over-ear headphones that makes the sound more premium, and the bigger ear cups, you know, encompasses the uh, your ear more and makes it like a fuller, richer sound. You know, I, I actually prefer the over-ear myself, so these yeah. on-ear headphones wouldn't be for me. Do you know what especially, they use? Especially for people with big heads like myself. Um, yeah, on-ear headphones. I've never been a fan of them, but... Me either. Do you know what they use for charging? Uh, they're Actually, I think they're USB-C. Really? Uh, I think so. I... You're gonna. We should probably check that because no, we shouldn't check it. I don't think uh, it was either gonna be lightning or it was gonna be USB Type C. And if it's Type C, that has me hopeful for the future um, because I think their previous ones um, were they were lightning. So yeah, yeah. well, whatever. Uh, They do use the H1 chip, which I'm pretty sure was that. That's the one that they're using in the AirPods. AirPods. This allows for seamless, magical pairing with your iPhone. It's kind of amazing. Apple has really been the only company to just like fix Bluetooth pairing. Like the way you pair your AirPods. Hold on. I I would not say it's completely fixed. I ran into so many issues where one AirPod gets linked and then I can't seem to link my other one. And then I have to like put them in the case and turn off my bluetooth reset the whole thing and then try again to try to get both of them linked like i never had that problem wow it's not a hundred percent seamless uh there's definitely still issues but yeah they you know if you're an apple user this is definitely the uh solos pro might be a place to look uh and if you're an android i guess it's also they're pretty enticing headphones just a little expensive right we also had some new software from apple along with with the headphones oh really yeah, uh, I would not know about this. Right. Oh, yeah. You I have not downloaded it. Right. Because I am scared. I'm scared. scared little boy, hiding from Mac OS Catalina. Apple's and latest release. Well, what yeah. are you scared of? Are you- I mean, I'm always just worried because I use my laptop. You know, I'm a little less worried with upgrading my phone, even though I guess I use my phone probably more hours than my laptop. But my laptop's like you know for work. Uh, for pretty much everything I do, editing, stuff like that. And I don't want any, you know, hidden bugs or hidden incompatibilities between apps I use to, you know, make it so I can't do my work. But so that's so you that's don't want me. like the huge improvements Apple made to Final Cut Pro, the the performance. Well, I can get those improvements on uh, without upgrading to Catalina. The things that you don't that you also get, unfortunately, is the fact that they've discontinued support for any 32-bit apps or plugins. So if I'm, you know, some of my logic plugins might take a while to upgrade, uh, then I can't use them until they do upgrade. So it's just usually my general rule of thumb is I wait about a month or so till after Apple upgrades to a new operating system on the Mac. Uh, you know, I don't feel like I'm missing out on too much for that month. And then once I do upgrade, you know, I don't have to deal with all those issues. I guess that could be good advice, but there are a lot of new features that I think are included with Catalina. Uh, So you're missing out on the new music app. So when I plug my phone into my computer, iTunes doesn't... Why would you do that ever? Well, it's like you're charging it. You need some juice. You only have... I have charging ports. Yeah. 
Well, maybe you forgot. Oh, oh, Next. yeah. You don't have USB ports on your laptop. I have USB-C. Oh. And you can bet uh, that I am not buying a USB-C to lightning cable for uh, my iPhone, because why would I need that when I have 20,000 other lightning cables to USB, uh, whatever, 3.0? And you can charge. Well, if you do happen to, you know, charge your phone with your laptop, iTunes will no longer auto-launch. Apple is a redesigned music application where all your music library lives. It's pretty great. You have the new Apple TV app where you can uh, houses your shows and your movies. And of course, is where you can watch Apple TV Plus, the four ninety nine. Notably, just launched uh, November yeah. first. Yeah, it's it's here. You can now sign up and enjoy the content. I was watching yeah. a few of the trailers. Have you seen any of the the content around that? I have not actually got around to watching it. I do know, however, if you've bought a new iPhone uh, or iPad in the past like couple months, which I know you've definitely I, done that. I've done that once or twice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you get actually a free year of Apple TV Plus. Maybe I'll take advantage of that. Check it out with all the my the key uh, free thing. Time. The key thing and very sneaky thing, very Apple-like thing to do is say you sign up for that usually with most free trials or whatever you can sign up for them and the little trick is you go in and then click cancel and it won't actually automatically charge your payment uh, method when that free trial is up however with apple as you can guess right if you do that they will cancel your free trial so what you have to do is just uh, either set a reminder on the date so when it auto renews november 1st or whenever you sign up for it uh, otherwise, they're going to charge you. I guess it's only four ninety nine, so not a big deal. But they're just trying to, you know, they want to get so many people into the system, and then just have people be like, eh, I guess whatever, I'll keep it for four ninety nine a month. That's not that big. It's it, honestly, I think it's a really good strategy, and it's only basically a sixty dollar a year subscription, so it's not a huge loss on Apple's part just including this. Yeah, and the fact that they have, uh, you know, no content other than their original content is a bit weird. You know, you have. At the same time, Disney is launching in a couple of weeks and they're going to have like 500 plus like titles already up on the service, plus original content already starting the same month. Like it's, yeah, it's a, it's a whole different thing. So, but hey, if you get it for free for a year, might you know, as well, win, right? Win. Check yeah. it out, see if you like it. Um, and, you know, they do, Apple, I think, does have some really good actors and actresses uh notably for me they had steve carell in one of the shows jennifer aniston's on there yeah. um so i know it could be could be entertaining that's what it's designed to be anyway jumping back to catalina gabe you're also missing out on huge improvements to the photos application with your, all right do you want me just to download this yeah this, i want you to download it it's right pretty now. great okay. i think there's a lot you get improvements to notes gallery view more powerful search checklist options the new reminders app got updated oh wait hold on isn't there also a thing for our podcast that people can oh oh yeah there's a dedicated podcast app now that's right gabe so you can listen to the pinch to zoom podcast on your computer beautiful interface subscribe to all your podcasts there yeah it's really nice and isn't it uh they're introducing like most podcast services that you can now search or I think it's only for the top titles originally, but you can search for words within, like if we, if I say, you know, um, jumping jack uh, AirPods 20 times, you could search for that. Maybe um, it would come up. We got to get really good at podcast SEO. Gabe, this is the next breakthrough. Um, we're going to new business launching soon. Stay tuned for that. Anyway, yeah. I think uh, the biggest improvement is probably Sidecar. And this has been really okay. exciting. I can't believe you haven't taken advantage of this. I was going to ask you about it. Uh, but no, Mr. I'm not going to update over here. What Sidecar allows you to do is use your iPad as an extended desktop for your Mac. So you're traveling around, you go to your coffee shop, you have your laptop, you have your iPad. You're like, eh, I don't want to use the iPad. I'm ready to do actual work. Let me get out the laptop. But with Sidecar, you can just, boom, prop your iPad up on the side of your computer and it will either extend your Mac display or mirror your Mac display. And this has been tremendous for developers getting more work done. It's just a second screen you always have with you. Um, one question, right? Okay, because you, you've said this has been tremendous for developers uh, getting work done. Notably, I would like to point out, you do have an iPad and a Mac. Yeah. Have you used this? Well, I, I actually can't use this. Oh. Because oh, it's no. not compatible with my laptop. Oh no! Sad, sad emoji. 
Yeah. So what do you need? A, is it a 2017 and newer? So or? you're going to need a 2016 or newer. Basically, if your laptop has USB-C ports, you're in the clear. Uh, if you're like me and you got old style USB ports, you've probably been uh, carrying around fewer adapters. Uh, but unfortunately, sidecar, um, it's not going to be able to work for you. Well, yeah, that's another reason to drop a couple thousand and upgrade your laptop. <laughs> Thanks, Gabe. Appreciate and that. Then, and then buy it, and then buy a new iPad so you can get the newest iPad, of course. And by the time uh, maybe that I should get some out. new drones while I'm at it, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Speaking of new drones, we had the Apple of drones, I guess. Oh, that's a, I, that I think was that's a good appropriate, transition. I like that, right? Gabe. I well, I always call them the Apple of drones because. They actually use very similar packaging, you know, the all white boxes. And <laughs> that, such. That's it. It's because of the packaging. Well, and also that they dominate the market share. Yeah, there it is. Uh, well, Apple so doesn't yeah. really dominate, but DJI dominates. We're talking about unique. Oh, wait, no. Yeah. You're talking about <laughs> DJI, of course, uh, 80% of the market share. They just launched a drone that is very. I guess we've been talking a lot of pros. This is very not pro. This is this is consumer. This is full-fledged consumer. This is I mean, this is the bottom of the consumer. Not as unlike underneath the consumer or the bad part. Just this is like this is it's very not, it's, hard to mistake as a professional drone. It's I don't is it prosumer? How do you I mean No, prosumer is between consumer and pro. So this is definitely consumer and for only 400 bucks that it starts at, it's very much geared, you know, yeah, that this right. could be finding under your Christmas tree uh, or finding for, you know, in your presents for uh, Jewish holidays. You know, I, I'm sorry. I'm hey, trying you to can be... just go and buy this and wrap it and give it to yourself. Yeah. Make your well, own yeah. holiday. Because compared to other DJI drones, you know, the Mavic Air starting at like 700, 800 bucks, the Mavic 2 Zoom starting at, you know, 1250, now 1450. It's yeah, those aren't cheap. You're not likely going to be giving those as a gift or receiving them as a gift. The Mavic Mini uh, is very likely that you could receive as a gift, and it still for four hundred dollars is packing some pretty good specs. You have two point seven K recording, uh, notable here because uh, DJI does not want to cannibalize their Mavic Air sales, so I think they likely you know artificially put that down to two point seven K. But hey, that's still above ten eighty P. That's very good. Uh, you get a flight time of around 30 minutes, which is very impressive. You get a range of around four kilometers. Uh, this isn't using their, what is it, light sync or so, whatever. So, yeah, other drones it's basically use using OcuSync. extended Wi-Fi. Yeah, and this is called enhanced Wi-Fi. Yeah, so this is very similar to uh, the Spark and Mavic Air. And the big thing is it's only 249 grams, which is not only big because that's, hey. That's actually less small. Weight the less weight you have to... Okay, sorry. The, the small, the small thing, thing about it yeah, is the weight of it at 249 grams, uh, which is very important, not only because who likes to carry around more weight in their bag? Not me. Let me just empty these rocks out. Yeah. Awkward. Oh, okay. I, right. You, don't, you right. don't do that? Rock collection no, but with this you is on the also, go? Oh, I do, actually, honestly. Uh, not... Uh, the well, that is what my A7S II is turning into is basically a rock collection. <laughs> that was good. That was good <laughs> for how old it is. Anyways, we got sidetracked there talking about weight. Thing that uh, people have been waiting for with this drone is that it's 249 grams, which means you don't have to register it with the FAA if you are a recreational flyer. And in Canada, you don't have to pass the test, or it's not that hard of a test, honestly. But still, you don't have to pass the test. Don't have to register with the government if you want to fly this drone. Again, that, that is recreational. If you are using the Mavic Air for, excuse me, the Mavic Mini for commercial use, you will need to register it. And funny enough, if you happen to get the Flymore combo and you put the propeller guards on it, it will yep. be over 249 grams and you will need to register it. So, yeah, that's, I mean, it's weird because you're making it safer, but... Honestly, who really uses propeller guards? I know I've gotten them with the Mavic Air and the Spark, and I think those are the only two I got it with. And I have not touched them literally once after I did the unboxing. Yeah, you use them and for B-roll, and then that's it. Yeah, what right, are these exactly. for? Awesome away. Getting some unique shots. Uh, they actually stamp the fact that this is 249 grams onto the body of the Mavic Mini, and yeah, the interesting thing as well that you know that you might not see at first glance with this drone is that it actually uses a completely brand new app. 
Uh, I think it's called DJI Fly something. I think Fly it's just more. DJI Fly. Uh, yeah, it might be just DJI Fly, which up until now they've been using the DJI, uh, what is it, Fly? DJI or? Go 4. 4, there we go. Gosh. Why do they put a number 4 at the end of it? I do not know. But yeah. I, well, you you know why that was? The Phantom 4. Yeah, that was when they released this app was with the Phantom 4. Interesting. Um, so yeah they they did they do actually probably need a new app even if just to get rid of the four because that's super confusing but this app isn't the new app it's just a app that's more geared for consumers um and more of their consumer drone products it's got it's got fewer options it's got uh still the same intelligent flight mode so we've got the circle mode helix mode droney and rocket people love using those the drone can basically automatically fly around you um, but you lose out on some things like manual controls during video re- recording. Um, I don't think this can take raw format photos. You can correct me if I'm wrong on that. Um, but it's, I don't think so, yeah. No it's, DNG. It's just like a stripped down version of the DJI Go 4 and something that is friendlier, easier to understand, um, and basically makes the barrier to entry um, as small as possible. So... Again, this is targeted for consumers, maybe even less than consumers, uh, people just interested in drones, kids. You can open the app, intuitively learn how to fly this drone, and capture, honestly, pretty good footage with that 2.7K video resolution and the 12 megapixel sensor. Yeah, there's there's really no mistaking this for a professional drone. As I said earlier, you know, the Mavic Air, you can kind of use in some professional settings just for a quick pickup shot here and there. Uh, this is really definitely, even though it has Mavic in the name, it's more of a replacement for, and actually not more of it. it is a complete replacement for the Spark. And so as such, it's, you know, not very professional uh, oriented, but yeah, they, they, you know, what they're not including in features, they're lowering the price point. They're making it more user-friendly. Uh, yeah, it looks very enticing for 500 and I think $38, you get the... Uh, it's just $499. More. Is it... Four ninety nine. Why yep. was it five thirty eight? Yeah. Why do you have five thirty eight? Tax? Are you um, trying to like add? Oh tax? no. Oh sorry. That's what it is. It's get uh, if you get the DJI Care. Oh, there you go. Which I, I think honestly, probably if you're getting this as a first drone, it's a good thing to get because you're most likely going to have a crash or something go wrong. So just pay that forty bucks extra uh, and protect your you know drone. And yeah, we'll have to see uh, if people can create some cool stuff with this. You know, the smaller size, like I always say. Even though this isn't spec as high, or you know, if you have a camera that's you know smaller, more able to bring places, that's the better camera in a lot of situations because, yeah, you can actually capture that versus you know having to oh let me get out my 60 pound camera, uh, set it up on my gimbal with my audio recorder. All right, we're ready. Oh, hold on, the sunset or this moment passed and now we can't get it. Now let me just put that away again. <laughs> Repack yeah, my and- rock collection. Yeah, essentially that's what it is. You're carrying around you know uh, several pound rock. Would uh, uh, did you get this ca- uh, this drone this flying? Camera? I have it pre-ordered currently. Uh, however, I don't know if that's going to stay uh, pre-ordered because you also have the Skydio. Uh, you know, their what is it? Skydio two drone coming out in just like two or three weeks. They're going to start shipping it, and that is a considerably more impressive drone, especially with all its like you know obstacle sensing and avoidance capabilities i would say if you're just getting into drones the mavic mini could be a good option at its 399 price point however i think the mavic air is significantly better you're getting much higher quality video higher quality photos and uh, the mavic air actually has obstacle avoidance so yeah uh yeah that's that's my take Mavic yeah, Air. And if you're if you're at the Mavic Air or the Mavic Pro, or even if you're still on like a Phantom 4 or 3 and looking to upgrade, you know, I think the Mavic 2 Pro is likely the way to go. Uh, however, if you hold out a little longer, it looks like we might be getting a Mavic 3, uh, possibly in January. That's so, exciting. That's exciting. Y- yeah, and notably this will have uh, the what is it, the like their sensor module that will allow it to communicate with the air traffic control. So you can, you know, avoid helicopters, avoid planes or whatever, should they be flying low. That would be incredibly interesting. And this is going to have their new map, right? DJI said starting 2020, all drones are going to have uh, this new mapping system. Integrated. That's the sensor. That's the, the sensor? Yeah, the, okay. Yeah, the air sense system. Wow. 
What else? The, any the ADSB receivers? Yep. Any other rumors around this drone? I mean, January is pretty soon. DJI has been basically pumping out drones. It seems like. No, they have not. Uh, DJI has been basically uh, idling in the air with their drones. Yeah, they essentially that's what they they hovered for this past year. You know, put out this little Mavic Mini here just in time. You know, for some holiday gifting, but they've really been waiting until the new laws went in place in uh, the European Union, which just happened, I think, in October. And then they're waiting till, yeah, this next year to really release their new drones. And they indicated this to us back in February when they said we're not going to be releasing uh, or, or all new drones after 2020 over 249 grams will be um, released with this ADS-B sensor. Uh, and that was a literally a direct hint of their game plan. So the new Mavic 3, we don't really know much about. So we're not gonna spend too much time on it, but basically we can expect, expect obviously uh, better air uh, like sensing, you know. So it'll have closer possibly to what you have with the Skydio 2. You're gonna have the new OcuSync 3.0 for even better image transmission. Uh, you might have ActiveTrack 3.0 like you've seen in the Osmo Mobile 3 and the DJI Ronin SC. And yeah, maybe a better sensor slightly with Hasselblad or some new lens options. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do. I don't think we should waste any time talking about that, though. Yep, let's move on. Uh, yeah, and one quick thing left in the camera department. Uh, I want to mention Panasonic S1H, right? That's been a camera I've been considering, honestly. Yeah, this is like 4K 60. It's got some pretty good specs. Yeah, it does even 6K recording. However, it does weigh a lot. I know that's been one drawback. If you're a vlogger or something, it's likely not for you. But the big thing, uh, you know, because this camera's been out now for a while, it's available, not much news in that department. But the big thing is actually it became the first Netflix certified mirrorless camera, which I didn't even know there's people who'd want to film on it. Actually, I I don't know. I would have thought that there's people already filming on mirrorless cameras for Netflix, you know, like uh, the A7S II or even the, what, Canon EOS R possibly. But I guess, hey, nothing lived up to Netflix standards until now. Uh, and that's, if you want to get into the Netflix game, this is maybe the camera possibly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I didn't even know Netflix certified cameras, but that is really cool to see. It makes, I mean, it makes, makes it so people could potentially have their content on Netflix, I guess. Yeah. It's basically like they don't, I've seen it before. You know, if you go on, they have like their guide of like what can be used, what can't be used for making it, what are their specifications? And they have, you know, their list of cameras that can be used to film or, if you use a B, like you can use a GoPro for a shot in a Netflix, uh, you know, cinema or series or whatever, but it has to be like less than like so many seconds. And like, yeah, there's like certain like rules that they have. This, but, this is for Netflix original content. Is that correct? Yeah, basically. Yeah. If you're, if you're, if you're getting paid by them to create content for Netflix, you know, you're going to your production company uh, or you're going to the rental house and saying, this is what we're going to shoot on. Now you could possibly, you know, if you're doing a more run and gun show, you need that lighter weight. Uh, S1H, while it may be heavy for a mirrorless camera, is definitely a lot lighter than many of the cameras that people use on uh, traditional, you know, TV sets or docu-series. Yeah, so so that's, I think that's it for cameras. We have a few lighting, light news. A little light, well, it's light just a little reading. light news because it's just quick. Uh, yeah, we had Aperture. Announcing their RBG light bulbs, the RC. Oh no, wait, not the RC light oh, bulbs that you've been no, waiting for. No, that's what I've been oh, waiting sorry. for. Sorry, they about said that, end Stephen. of summer. It is past end of summer. Well, no, wait, hold on. Uh, end of summer. Oh, you thought they meant summer for the northern hemisphere. Oh no. Oh, okay. No, Gabe, I do <laughs> yeah, not like oh. how you're spitting this. Oh no. But this is this might tide you over. It's the okay. Are you ready for this name? Uh, Gabe, I think I'm ready. So we had the aperture. It's the MC. RGB WW mini LED light. Okay, I was Did not ready for that. Yeah, what was that? One more time. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to say that again. Basically, this is a new tiny little light panel. Got to look it up. Uh, basically, go to Aperture's website because it's really impressive how small they made this. Um, and I mean, they've al- they've already had some small lights, but this one now is RGB, so you can do basically any color that you could imagine. And uh, what's even more important is it's only $90 and it has wireless charging built in. Wow. I'm surprised for a light. Yeah. Also USB-C charging as well. That's incredible. Maybe I should pick this up. 
I know, right? It's it's a nice. It'll be used a lot in on sets and on video productions, just as a practical light or some small like you know, just oh, we just need a little more light behind this object to accent it a little more. So very enticing. You can pick it up, I think, for under five hundred dollars with four of them in a case that will actually charge them wirelessly in the case. So Whoa. there's another option. Yeah, right? Whoa. Uh, and it actually gets up to 100 minutes at max brightness, which is, it's it does 400 lux at uh, 0.5 meters. That's that's some light. This is a light. Yeah. Everybody. For for how big it is, it's, it's I mean, I, do you want us to know the size exactly? Here we go. Scroll down on the page. Uh, where can I find it? All right, here we go. Dimensions 3.7 by 2.4 inches. So it's pocketable phone. Yeah, it's basically it's it's like slightly bigger than a credit card. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Let there be light. It's lit. I like Let there it. Be light. Speaking of more lights, we have the Loom Cube 2.0. Yeah, I mean what what is a Loom Do you even know Cube? anything about this? No, I'm not even going to bother setting you up for failure sets in. Uh the Loom Cube 2.0. Thanks, Gabe. I own I've owned uh the Loom Cube uh since they actually they were kickstarted about uh two and a half years ago. Uh, I bought into their product there because it looked cool it's these tiny little cubes about honestly like an inch and a half to an inch square it's a cube uh yeah it's a cube so square uh and they're you know they have bluetooth built in so you control them from your phone they're very bright they're waterproof they have accessories that you can put on them that change the color to change the you know the to model the light you know shape it more stuff like that yeah they're they're more i think for photography a little bit more because uh, you can do some cool night photography, right? People even put them on drones and do long exposure shots and fly their drone like around things or through the sky and you can do some cool light painting. But yeah, if you're into photography or just need a super bright light, they're a really good option. And these new ones have USB-C, which is... That's a big one. Also, win. yeah, really good, I know, because I have the old ones and I always have to hunt for a micro USB cable. So can't, the cable no one has anymore. Yeah. But everyone And I needs. think that's... That's pretty much it for light news. One little last thing in light news, as in not so heavy news, uh, is Zion Tech, which is a gimbal company. They continued the great gimbal wars of 2019 by releasing their tiny giant S gimbal, I think is what it's called. Um, what is it? Yeah, Wait, tiny, tiny, the Weebill S, the Weebill S tiny giant. The tiny giant. Gimbal. That's it's, a, uh, uh, it's accurately named. Yeah, right. Well, because. It's really small, but yeah, it's pretty powerful, actually. Right? Can't the motors you know? hold actually like a 1DX? Like you could put a 1DX on there. Yeah, it's it's really we're getting to some places where they're making these gimbals very compact, uh, you know, and super small. Yet the motors are super powerful. So, and only four hundred thirty nine dollars uh, competes directly with the Ronin SC, and yeah. That you know, if you're looking for a gimbal, this might be a good one to look at. I think it's available now, so check it out. You know, uh, B&H or directly on Zion Tech's website, which is not very well made, I gotta say. <laughs> so definitely stick to one of your you know main uh, third-party retailers. That that would go really it. well with the Sigma FP. Yeah, the, well, but even that you don't really need it. I guess the Sigma FP yeah, would be nice because you get lightweight with the lightweight super mobile setup. Yeah. Uh, and you can even get a image transmission module so you can, you know, be using it and have someone else uh, monitoring the image. That's, you know, I, I it's a great gimbal. I mean, honestly, yeah. 400 bucks or what do you say? 430 for that versus the yeah, Mavic 40, basically the Mavic mini. I don't, I think, oh, uh, no, you're, you're wrong, wrong DJI series, the Ronin. <laughs> no, but uh, I'm, I'm just saying like of the new products oh, we announced. Oh, I got you. I would rather spend my $400 on the uh, Zion Tech Tiny Giant. That's that's got I like it. Cool name. Yeah. Cool product. And I think that, that's it. That pretty much brings us to the end of our geez, this was a I'm I'm tired. I gotta go take a nap. Yeah, I know. Uh, thank God recoup. we have uh, we have an extra hour of sleep tonight because we're falling back. Oh yes. Gabe, that is exactly what I wanted to hear right now. Thank you. So yeah, if you forgot about that up until this point, well then it's basically like you didn't listen to this episode, right? Because you just this got is an hour, hour back. right here. You just got that free. We just gave you that hour. Wow. Well so, spent. Boom. Hour well spent. Yeah. Thank you for joining us. Um, be sure to follow us on social media at Pinch to Zoom Pod on Twitter at Pinch to Zoom Podcast on Instagram. And of course, you can hit us up with an email 
pinchtozoompodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, uh, we'll be back getting into our regular two-week schedule. And I don't know, we probably will stick with the regular schedule. I don't think there's any more events coming up unless Apple does a surprise October event in November, right? That would that would be a fast one. You know, yeah, they need to revamp their calendar app if they're pulling those kinds of stunts. But, you know, I'd be happy to see it one way or the other. So, yeah, stay tuned. Subscribe uh, if you're not already subscribed because that just, you know, hey, it's free, makes it easier. And also... And if you're on macOS Catalina, you can find us now in the brand new podcast application. Yeah, I, I, I guess I'll go download that now and upgrade my computer. You've convinced me. Thank you, Gabe. I appreciate that. All right. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, we'll talk to you next time, right? Yep, absolutely. Take care. Bye. Do I really need to say bye at the end there? I got really sleepy towards the end of that. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. That's just what people want to hear. You know, when I was recording that content for you, I was honestly half in. <laughs> so thank you for wasting your time listening to that. You know, yeah, I you literally see all those... almost had to suppress a snore. I'm just like, my lights are dim. I'm comfy. Let's <laughs> just try out the uh, sleep tracking on my Apple Watch. See how that's going.